developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we look at last month's weather stats, which show a drier and warmer than average September for much of the Saskatchewan Grain Belt. We have an in-depth interview with CN's Vice President of Grain, talking about being prepared to move the crop to market this fall and winter. Real Agriculture discusses goal setting on the farm, and we have the latest cattle market update. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. September was both warm and dry, with numerous temperature records set towards the end of the month across this province. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang compiles the monthly data. All the stations in Saskatchewan measured above average and with most stations uh, ending up in the top 10 for warmest September. For Regina, the September mean temperature was just under 15 degrees, 3 degrees above normal. For Moose Jaw, the mean temperature last month was 15.6 degrees, again 3 degrees higher than average. It was also quite dry with most locations having a top 20 dry September. Regina had 8.5 millimeters of rain or 26% of normal, the 19th driest in 129 years. Moose had 4.6 millimeters of rain last month, only 14% of normal and the 11th driest on record. Lang also pointed out the late frost this fall. She also tallied up the number of tornadoes this year. She says there were a total of 25 in Saskatchewan, which was the largest number in 10 years. Well, we had a couple of uh, EF2 tornadoes. Blaine Lake was particularly damaging. The one near uh, Big River was also an EF2, and uh, Manitou Beach as well had an EF2, which uh, did some damage, and the one in Painton as well. That was also rated as EF2. And when we give those ratings, that means that it actually hit something and did damage, because otherwise we can't rate them. So that means that there was significant damage that came out of those. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. CN Rail says it's prepared to move this fall's larger prairie crop to market. The assistant vice president of grain at CN, David Shednovic, says the winter rail plan has been released and shows 57 new locomotives, 850 more people, and another 500 high-capacity hopper cars for increased shipments in coming months. CN's 22-23 winter plan was just released this past week. That, of course, is on the heels of CN's grain plan that was uh, released at the end of 
end of uh, July. The winter plan is a little different insofar as it covers the movement not only of grain but of all commodities. There is a lot of grain-specific content in there. But to bring it back to um, CN's guidance on uh, movement of grain and processed grain products, um, we have, of course, a, a very important table in the grain plan that lays out maximum sustainable end-to-end grain supply chain capacity on CN for the movement of bulk grain and processed grain products. The reason that uh, guidance for winter is lower than for non-winter, the very key drivers, of course, the Port of Thunder Bay gets closed during the uh, the winter months, so we don't have that outlet available, and that takes a lot of end-to-end supply chain capacity out of the equation. And then, of course, you know, no no two winters are like. CN takes a lot of measures to prepare for winter, but we also know that things can slow down when it gets cold and that, so it takes both of those things into consideration. For grain movement during the winter, when we lose the Port of Thunder Bay, CN's guidance, assuming that we have good balance across all corridors and that there's no major mainline disruptions, no impacts of COVID on CN's workforce or of the workforce of its customers, etc., during December through March, would be movement of 595,000 metric tons per week maximum, assuming corridor balance across all the corridors available for grain movement, and 548,000 metric tons per week without corridor balance. That's safe. Very heavy emphasis being placed on a single corridor in relation to the capacity available. CN has also increased its guidance on uh, the, the volumes that it expects to move over the course of the crop year, and CN's got the resources in place to move the crop over the course of the crop year. Initially, Back when we were writing the grain plan, knowing what we knew at the time about grain production and uh, other factors that drive total available supplies, we were expecting movement on CN of 24.5 to 27 million tons. We increased our guidance a million tons, so between 25.5 and 28. We'll see where the final crop comes in. We've also had some updated information on on on-farm stocks as of August 1st that will influence overall available supplies. But that's where things stand with respect to the the plan for movement and anticipated uh, volumes. So there have been some issues in the last couple of winters, one a harsh winter, one a relatively easy winter. Are you prepared to move the larger crop this winter? Well, as I mentioned earlier, Jim, we've got the resources in place to move the crop over the course of the crop year. We know that no two winters are alike, and certainly the past two winters were were evidence of that. And we also were reminded of just how fierce the impact of weather can be when we lost the main line in southern British Columbia for three weeks, and that took a big chunk out of available supply chain capacity. So there's things that we can control and things that we can't control. CN's made a lot of changes in front of this winter, in front of this fall and winter, really under the leadership of our CEO, our new CEO, Tracy Robinson. She's been with us since March. Starting in April and May, we started making very fundamental changes to our operating plan with a real emphasis on running the plan and on-time train departure from CN's major rail yards for scheduled train service for both intermodal and and, uh, manifest trains. Those are scheduled. And that's really been driving improvements in network velocity, and it's meant uh, much better on-time performance for connections, you know, Trains got a block of cars has to make a connection from one yard to the other. The improvement has been substantial, and and that positions us very well going into the fall time and going into the winter. David Shednovic is the vice president of grain at CN Rail. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on six twenty CKRM.
This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families. In Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. CN Rail says it's prepared to move this fall's larger prairie crop to market. Assistant Vice President of Grain, David Chidnovic, says CN has added 57 locomotives, 500 hopper cars, and 850 more staff to ensure steady movement of goods during the winter. We've also implemented scheduled slots for bulk unit trains, such as for grain and coal, in key corridors, specifically Edmonton and Points West, to increase rail capacity and velocity. And part of that, as well, is to always ensure by identifying a number of locations where we can proactively and strategically stage bulk trains between Edmonton and Points West so that we always have a train in our pocket to launch into the network as soon as a slot becomes available that was unplanned or something else happens so that we can always keep the pipeline fully charged. So those are some very important changes to the operating plan that position us very well going into the winter. Of course, there's been other investments as well. We have 57 new high horsepower locomotives. Our locomotive fleet will be higher than each of the past two years. Since the beginning of January to the end of June, we've added 850 people to the total employee count at CN, most of those being conductors and engineers, and we plan to graduate another 500 conductors by the end of 2022. And in some of those hard those areas where it's especially hard to recruit, of course, all segments of, of the North American economy are dealing with the impacts of of record low, uh, five-decade low unemployment rates. We also have the ability to use rules-qualified managers to protect train service in periods of extremely challenging weather as, as well as very high demand. So those are all very important initiatives, and that positions us very well, I think, heading into the winter months. How about hopper car supply? Yeah, for sure. Hopper car supply. CN is adding another 500 high-capacity hopper cars during the 22-23 crop year. And in addition, recognizing that the winter plan covers all commodities, we are also investing in 800 brand-new high-capacity boxcars. That's very much focused in terms of pulp movement and forest products as well as other commodities. And those those new boxcars will come online in the first quarter of 2023. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. What are some of the things we want to accomplish in 2023 when it comes to our farm business, whether we're a broadacre farmer, we're in livestock, maybe we're running a fruit and vegetable operation, uh, greenhouse, whatever it is. We need to set goals. And this takes me back to a very early interview that I did in Real Agriculture. And I had on Dr. David Cole from Virginia Tech University. Here's what Dr. Cole said. I'll tell you one thing about goals. I think it really, if you establish goals, whether it's your business, your family, or personal life, it it, it allows you to focus. And uh, I often will give people the image of a, a football field. And I'm talking about Canadian-American football, not, you, you know, world football. And if you didn't have, you know, the boundaries, you didn't have the yard markers, we'd basically be playing no-goal football. And so 
the goals really help you strategize and it helps you kind of visualize and monitor a progress because I really find uh, whether it's your business, your family, or your personal life, what you try to aspire for is incremental improvement. And, you know, you'll hear athletes often say, I've got to get better every day. And uh, I think by establishing those goals and, and particularly putting them down in writing, it just kind of gives you those yard markers out there to, you know, be able to monitor to say, you know, we met the goals or we exceeded or we didn't meet the goals and what were the reasons why. So that focus, and I find that superior businesses are very, very focused. Superior athletes are very, very focused. And, and so, again, I would have to say the key word would be focused, but also having the yard markers. Next, I asked Dr. Cole, he mentioned writing those goals down. That seems to be something that comes up a lot when you hear people talk about goal setting. So why is writing the goals down such a determining factor on whether or not you actually achieve those goals at the end of the day? Well, the whole thing is, if you don't write them down or if you don't have them visually somewhere, oftentimes in today's world of 24-7 media access, you'll get caught up into all the quote noise out there and so sometimes having these goals and ha- having the goals in a visible spot it will you know remind you that you've got to come back you've got to stay focused and in today where we're attacked by tons of information and tons of demands on our time having these goals having them visual it allows you to kind of come back and t- rather than think day to day you kind of think strategically, but you can have day-to-day goals. And so, again, in this noisy world where we're being uh, stretched in many different directions, it allows you uh, to kind of come back and, you know, regain your sense of purpose, regain your sense of objectives, accomplishment. Now that Dr. Cole has established that we need to have goals, need to also write them down to help ourselves achieve them. What about the duration? One year, three year, five year? What about 10 year goals we used to hear so much about? It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, we have two producers here at the banking school, and they go through the school with us. And uh, six years ago, they had no goals. <clears throat> the other day, they made the presentations on their farms and ranch businesses, and they had one year goals and five year goals. And uh, I really like to, uh, you know, have kind of the one year goals and the five year goals. And uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, sometimes you can have shorter term goals. In other words, uh, you want to make sure that you get all the cows synchronized if you're doing artificial breeding, and uh, you can look at, you know, breeding rates and everything, but I really find that sometimes doing the one year and then kind of doing the stretch goals, kind of, you know, where do we need to be kind of in five years can be kind of nice venue to start out with. And it was real interesting. Uh, All three of the producers, six years later, had their goals out one year and five years. It just made my day, (laughs) actually. (laughs) And so a, a good start is one year and five years. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. 
call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Increasing cloudiness today, wind north 20 gusting to 40. The high forecast for the day, 15 degrees. The low, minus 7. Thursday, sunny with winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high tomorrow, 9 degrees. The low, minus 5. Friday, sunny and the high 16, the low 4. Saturday, sunny, the high 21, the low 0. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 16, the low plus 4. Monday, sunny, the high 22, the low plus 5. Tuesday, partly cloudy with a high of 13 degrees. Normal high for this date is 14. The normal low is minus 1. The sun rose at 7.05 this morning. It sets at 6.29 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot in the southeast corner at Estevan, it's 18. The cold spot up north Collins Bay at minus 3 right now. Estevan once again, 18. The hot spot, Saskatoon, 10. Swift Current, 14. Weyburn, 17. Yorkton is 8. Regina, partly cloudy and 13. That's 55 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north at 18, gusting to 34. Humidity is 59%. The barometric pressure rising, 102.6. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, 12 degrees. Winds are from the north at 28. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy and 13. That's 55 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The Senate Agriculture Committee is studying the issue of soil health this fall. They've already heard from a number of groups and individuals. One of the most recent presenters was Dr. Christopher Byrne, a permafrost and ground ice expert from Carleton University. He spoke to the committee about the impact of climate change on Canada's permafrost region and the subsequent release of carbon as the northern soils continue to thaw. In Canada, we have about 400 billion tons of carbon in the uppermost three meters of the ground in the permafrost regions. That is about 40% of the global total. Much of it is in the peatlands of the Hudson Bay lowlands, the Mackenzie Valley, and the Old Crow Flats, but it has accumulated in other soils too. In comparison, global industrial emissions are 9 billion tons of carbon per year, and Canadian anthropogenic emissions are 200 million tonnes of carbon per year. As a result of climate warming, permafrost thawing leads to microbial breakdown of the organic matter and release of the carbon as CO2 and methane. We, don't, we only need to lose a tiny fraction of our permafrost soil carbon to swamp any benefits we gain from reductions we make in our annual anthropogenic emissions. Worldwide, we estimate that the balance has tipped in favor of soil emissions of between 300 and 600 tons of carbon per year. You will notice that this already exceeds the rate of Canadian anthropogenic emissions. It is a development 
of the last five to six years, we have a serious problem. I regret to say that Canadian attention to this problem is not what it should be. There is no coordinated national initiative to determine the extent of carbon storage in permafrost, the rate of emissions, the rate of carbon being released from permafrost into thawing ground, the conditions that accelerate such emission, or, or actions that could be taken to mitigate release of carbon from the permafrost soils. In April last year, 19 of Canada's leading permafrost scientists and engineers wrote to the Prime Minister to formally present our concerns on this issue. We have given up waiting for a response. That's Dr. Christopher Byrne, one of Canada's leading experts on permafrost, speaking to the Senate Agriculture Committee. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were up for steers, but mixed for heifers. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats says marketings were up significantly this past week compared to the previous week. Prices for feeder cattle are strong and were mostly up amongst the weight categories with less of an increase in those heavier calves. And the exception was heifers over 600 pounds, which were actually down. So feeder steer prices were up across all categories over the week. So prices ranged from 329.60 for the three to 400 pound weight category to 230.63 per hundred weight for the 900 pound plus. The largest increases were seen in the lower weight steers with the three to 400 pound weight category improving 1360 per hundred weight from the previous week, ending the week at 329.60. The smallest increase was seen at 212 per hundred weight for the seven to 800 pound category, which ended the week at 255 per hundred weight. Uh, average weekly prices for Saskatchewan heifers were mixed with half of the categories up and half were down when compared to the previous week. And prices ranged from 260.25 per hundred weight for the three to 400 pound weight category to 218.10 per hundred weight for the 800 plus pound category. Similar to steers, it was uh, three to 400 and four to 500 pound weight categories that saw the biggest increases and they were up between 10 and 11 dollars per hundred weight compared to the previous week and the largest decrease was seen in the seven to eight hundred pound weight category with prices down 335 per hundred weight averaging 225 25 per hundred weight for the week and the factors behind these changes yeah, we are seeing strong feeder prices supported by the weakening Canadian dollar. We also have a cost of gain advantage when you compare it to last year since feed availability is much better. Demand for feeder cattle is good as feedlots are filling their pens. What were marketings? Manfax reported a total of 15,525 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan over the week. This is up from 6,853 last week and similar to 16,889 sold during the same week last year. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? Alberta fed steers averaged 180.63 per hundredweight for the week. This is a dollar thirty-one below the previous week's price of 181.94 per hundred weight. And looking at cows, we did see a split. So the price of D2 slaughter cows were up 224 per hundred weight from the previous week. 
and averaged 103.83 per hundred rate. And the price of D3 slaughter cows were down 74 cents per hundred weight and ended the week averaging 88.14. Fonda Froats compiles the weekly cattle market report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell $2.30 at 8.38.82. Number one red spring wheat gained $12.81 at 4.37.16. The rest were unchanged. Durham $439.34. Feed barley $342.87. Chickpeas $925.95. Flax $752.98. Lentils $704.50. Oats $255.32. Yellow peas four forty two fifty eight and feed wheat two hundred eighty nine dollars fifty six cents. At Minneapolis, December spring wheat gained twelve cents at nine ninety one. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. And now the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of October 4th. Our last regular sale was on September 28th. Cows were a little stronger than they were the previous week. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.05 to $1.20. D3 cows sold from $0.95 cents to $1.05. Counter cows sold from $0.50 cents to $0.70. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.30 to $1.45. We had our first pre-sorted calf sale of the fall. It is nice to see the market stronger than it has been in the last few years. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged two dollars and ninety six cents and sold up to three dollars and ten cents. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged two dollars and ninety one cents and sold up to three dollars and three cents. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged two dollars and seventy cents and sold up to three dollars and three cents. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged two dollars and sixty eight cents and sold up to two dollars and eighty one cents. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged two dollars and fifty nine cents and sold up to two dollars and seventy cents. Six hundred to six fifty pound steers averaged two dollars and fifty three cents and sold up to two dollars and sixty eight cents. Six fifty to seven hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and forty six cents and sold up to two dollars and fifty eight cents. And seven hundred to eight hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and thirty seven cents and sold up to two dollars and fifty cents. Heifers were about forty cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 435-pound black steers at $3.03 a pound, a load of 500-pound black steers at $2.81 a pound, a load of 550-pound black steers at $2.70 a pound, a load of 600-pound black steers at $2.60 a pound, a load of 650-pound black steers at $2.55 a pound, a load of 700-pound black steers at $2.49 a pound, and a load of 775 pound exotic steers at $2.44 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,000 hogs Tuesday, selling a range of $229 to $244 per CKG. 
Today's sales are expected to be around 7,600 head, selling in a range of 226 to $242 per CKG. Ham's number one sales this week are steady, selling in the range of 60 to 68 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash value price today is mixed, and poor contract price is closed higher. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar was up 40 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3574. The Canadian dollar is currently traded at 73.37 cents U.S. While the negotiated Western Corn Belt came in a dollar two U.S. 100 weight higher compared to the Monday report, the region is still trending lower so far this week and is a dollar sixty nine lower than last week's benchmark. National farming softened another forty six cents relative to the previous day, pushing the cumulative average for the week a dollar eighty three lower than a week ago. Daily net cutout pricing was dollar sixty four lower in the afternoon report, and the trend is likewise lower, albeit only by forty two cents. Well, Lean Hong Feeder started yesterday's session off on a higher note. The market quickly turned around mid-trade and ended up notably lower by the end of the day. This morning, the market has recovered somewhat, but only modestly so, and losses compared to yesterday's open are still in place. At present levels, a full-range forward contract has lost almost $24 Canadian per CKG since week ending September 24th, when the recent highs were put in place. The Canadian dollar softened the blow by approximately $5.20, meaning if the Canadian dollar remained constant over that time, forward contract would be almost $30 Canadian per CKG lower today. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. The Saskatchewan Ministry of Health is urging Saskatchewan residents to remain vigilant for ticks on themselves and pets this fall. Black-legged ticks are rare in Saskatchewan, but remain active throughout the fall and are found in tall grass and brush. In Saskatchewan, any ticks found in the fall are likely black-legged ticks, which can cause Lyme disease. The risk is low for contracting Lyme disease, but not zero. Precautionary measures include insect repellent and check yourself and pets for ticks. In the first eight months of the year, E-Tick received 1,063 valid tick submissions, of which 11 were black-legged ticks. The remainder are American dog ticks. American dog ticks are active from April to the end of July and not capable of transmitting Lyme disease to people. On the markets, the TSX is down 144 points to 19,226. The Dow has fallen 195 points to 30,120. Oil is up $1.24 at 87.76 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73.20 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything egg. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.